0: Spoils and Ghouls, you're listening to Crypt Creepers, the podcast where we design elaborate disastrous pranks in honor of the greatest horror anthology of our generation, Tales from the Crypt. I'm Mary Johnston, and my, and with me is my brother, who, it must be said, is a more talented doctor than I. Thomas Johnston, how are you? Oh,
1: that's, I'm doing fine. That's very kind of you. I, uh, I think my pager is going off here.
0: Beep, 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 beep. My brother is also a doctor from the deep past.
1: I'm sorry. My page. No.
0: You're, <laughs> I'm my, receiving my message from carrier pigeon doctor. that I'm in the OR. My my brother is now a doctor, an actual doctor in present time, pretending to be our father from past time with his <laughs> with his pager. Also, our father is a doctor.
1: <laughs> and now we are all doxxed. My social security number is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now that you know all that.
1: Um... My first pet, the make and model of the first car I ever drove. Yeah.
0: Well, but you did go to medical medical school and stuff and I did not. So you're definitely a more That's talented true. doctor than I am.
1: That's true. So the um I do I, I am loving all these evil doctors, by the way. I think it's pretty great. Are um, these guys evil doctors? I mean I, I mean they're at least <laughs> They're doctors they're who directly and indirectly lead to their deaths. <laughs>
0: Well, let's get into it.
1: We both were like, gonna go for it.
0: Yeah. All right.
1: So, this episode was directed by Mr. Stephen Hopkins, Sean. This is a gentleman who's uh, who is a director. He was a um, white gentleman who was born in Jamaica, um, and then um, uh, I think oh, spent some time in London. So things and are
0: falling apart. Yeah, right.
1: Exactly. Exactly. You're for like, oh, me. Yeah. Okay. Right. He directed Lost in Space, um, the '90s remake. Um, he did Nightmare on Elm Street Five, oh. Predator Two, oh. um, and he did The Ghost in the Darkness. Um, have you seen that one? I haven't one seen where- that. Val Kilmer is a Scottish... Uh, oh, movie the Lion the, movie! The I, lion. Love, yeah, yeah, yeah. I
0: love that movie.
1: Yeah, that movie is great, although I bet if we watch it now, we'll be like, mm, feels bad. White Savior feels bad.
0: That's true. Um, but it's based, it's based on historical events, and I've actually seen the Lion. <laughs> no,
1: no, Thomas. The racism is fine if it's historical. No, no the racism is just
0: <laughs> accurate because it's historical. The scramble um, for
1: Africa, Thomas. We needed those diamonds. How... Th- the Industrial Revolution was not gonna <laughs>
0: ay, ay, ay. All right, no. It's racist <laughs> oh, yeah, and it's terrible, anyway. I'm sure, but it is yeah, beautiful. No, no, no. Film. I... And I'm trying to tell you that I have seen the lion that he shoots. It's in the Yeah, uh... me
1: too. Me too. In in uh in uh Chicago.
0: Oh, what, what museum?
1: Oh, the I can't fi- remember. Natural it's the, history museum. It's, a, it's, it's, field it's, museum. Field, no. it's in
0: the field museum.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I've been there too. Oh I bet I've,
0: been, I've have seen a, little a more green dinosaur than you have, from that machine I'm... that'll
1: make you a plastic model in the basement. I
0: bet I've been there more recently than you have, though, because I live relatively close to Chicago vis-a-vis you, and my social security number is, and my home address is.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we're we're lucky. I hope hope none of our 10 fans are going to dox us and get us in trouble. Some of our 10 fans live in
0: Alberta. Hey, Alberta.
1: Hey. Hey, Canada. Hey,
0: Canada. We love you, Canada. Don't be mad.
1: Don't be mad about that permanent steak sketch.
0: Oh, yeah. Please think that's funny, Canada, because we love you.
1: Yeah. Yes. And, you know,
0: if any of our Canadian al- I'm going to turn it to our-, our
1: father, depending on how the election goes, we might be seeing more of you.
0: Oh, God. If any of if any of the Canadian portion of Creeper Nation wants to meet us at a uh, Swiss chalet, um
1: oh, little chalet Swiss, yeah. I
0: would make that happen with pleasure. Yeah. I would make that happen. <laughs> I would love to talk about Tales in the Crypt while I eat half a chicken. Yeah. Dipped in a mysterious thin cinnamon flavored <laughs> thin,
1: sauce. Thin, thin barbecue sauce. Barbecue the pierogies are good.
0: The pierogies are really good. Their chicken is really good. Yeah. I love chalet Swiss.
1: Yeah, shally, little chalet. Little chalet in your I life? love it. The pizza pizza. I like Justin New Orleans Bieber Orleans pizza. Bieber
0: thinks Swiss chalet is great. <laughs> that is where the like, that is where the similarities between me and Justin Bieber end.
1: No, but anyway, um, uh, Stephen Hopkins also directs two more episodes of uh, Tales from the Crypt. We have not yet seen them, so stay tuned,
0: because here's what's
1: going to happen when we bring him up again. I'm just going to be like, yeah, he did The Ghost of the Darkness, and you and I will both be like, we love that movie. That movie is problematic, but we love it. So the writer on this was Jim Burge. Um, (laughs) This is his only writing credit, Um, and he has two acting credits. He was sports announcer in Chasing Dreams, which is a baseball picture, and he was Bomb Squad Cop Number Two in Lethal Weapon Two.
0: Oh, okay.
1: It's surprising I, I, oh, again. The, it's a. It's
0: the famous bomb cop. Got it.
1: Bomb Squad Number Two, though not not oh, one or three, uh,
0: not the one you're thinking of.
1: Yeah, I know, right, no, you're, I know the...
0: immediately you conjured <laughs> to mind Bomb Squad Cop Number One, but we're talking about Number Two.
1: We're talking so talking Deuce. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Real, le- real lethal weapon heads, real, real weapon heads will know.
0: <laughs> real lethal eagles will know.
1: All right. OK. So Dr. Martin Fairbanks, the mean, fussy, competent brother, is played by Bo Bridges. You. Who is one of those. Yes, right. The Thomas Johnston brother is, um, is Bo Bridges um who's one of those actors who I feel like I, I hear his name more than more than I see him in things Agreed. um but he is jeff bridges he is the dude's older brother um they are and real you brothers you can kind of tell once you know life. that yeah. you
0: can see it yeah. but i wouldn't yes, have yes. i wouldn't have arrived at that conclusion myself it's not like uh it's not like a baldwin situation where you're like oh all of those guys look like more fugly Alec
1: Baldwins. <laughs> it, just, it just looks like it's like Alec is the original of them. They started making photocopies. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Sort of I, multiplicity I, I famously, style. I famously say that they look like you had a, an, ally, a, um, an Alec Baldwin mold and you just kept refusing to clean it <laughs> out after you made more Alec Baldwins.
1: Oh, man. Um, that but is, anyway, a, that is a
0: sentiment now I think that I have expressed on all of my podcasts. You're
1: welcome. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can trick you into saying it again.
0: Oh, no. No, um,
1: He was in shows that I haven't seen. Um, He was in Homeland. He was in Masters of Sex. He was in the Joe Dante HBO movie, The Second Civil War, which is about like America going political correctness mad and then having a civil war. Geez. He was in The Descendants um, and he was in The Fabulous Baker Boys, which is a thing about two Mm. brothers who are musicians and his brother in that played by his real brother. Jeff Bridges. Oh, he that's was cute. also he was also in the Hotel New Hampshire, the you know uh, kind of weird slice of life, New England sex movie. <laughs> it's kind of a What's Eating Gilbert Grape kind of thing. Oh, something I about something sex, I. Sex though. There's a lot of there's a lot of sexuality in it, and because what, I was... would you
0: consider What's Eating Gilbert Grape a particularly sensual movie?
1: No, 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 no. But the Hotel New Hampshire has a lot of. Uh, Has a lot of sexual content, and I remember this because I saw it as a young lad and was like, "Now this is a movie. All movies should be like this." (laughs) Hi, mom and dad. Watched it on Stars.
0: (laughs) I love watching. I love watching Bo Bridges, uh, enter the BZ repeatedly.
1: Yeah, yeah. BZs for
0: the Bone Zone. For those who are not in the know, now you know. Who didn't
1: listen? Who didn't listen to the previous to to two weeks ago's episode? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, I don't um, know if you I don't know if you cited your abbreviation so.
1: That's true. No. no. I'm just So Anyway, up. so Tony Gold- Goldwyn is not the me. Mary Johnston. Nope. The doctor
0: uh-uh.
1: <laughs> the Dr. Carl sure Fairbanks. Sure ain't.
0: I don't have a do- I, I'm not a doctor. Mary proudly oh, that's has right, said. Oh, right.
1: Yeah, you're right. Is t- Tony Goldwin is Dr. Carl Fairbanks who is the fictional younger sibling we both have who is a not a very good doctor. Um mm. he was in the last samurai he the was lost in the Johnston
0: sibling and there was a That's reason right. there's a reason they need right. to stay lost.
1: <laughs> Our younger brother Cornelius. Um he was in Last House on the Left but the remake not the original one. Interesting. And he was in Ghost. Oh. He also, okay, so fine like movies that we have maybe seen but i don't really remember him from them. Yeah. He is going he has a role in the upcoming series Lovecraft Country, which i am super excited about.
0: Ah, oh, you're going to be you're going to be clapping eyes on 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 old Tony soon.
1: That's right. So, because i love Jordan Peele and i love H.P. Lovecraft, yep. two great tastes that probably shouldn't taste great together, so i'm looking forward to it. I also have the book on my shelf, but i have not yet read it. So,
0: Saving it. Um, there you I, go. <laughs> I think that if you're going to have anyone tackle HP, I think maybe you should just be Yeah, real. no, no,
1: no, no, no. Yes. If, if you want to, if if you want to at all confront the racism.
0: Yeah. I think, I think Jordan Peele's the, the man for the job.
1: Right. 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 Yeah. Of course. Yeah. You know what I mean though. All right. Um, Carl. Okay. So here's something else. He is also the voice of Disney's Tarzan from the Disney movie Tarzan. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Think about that um he, he wants was... to
0: show you
1: yeah. exactly yeah right yeah
0: i can't remember any of the other lyrics i just know that they slap <laughs> because it's phil collins who i love yeah
1: phil collins yep 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 yeah really really when i thought about it i was like wait tarzan wasn't just voiced by phil collins <laughs> uh,
0: truly um what actually he's saying is you'll be in my heart which is ironic given
1: right. The, right.
0: the subject matter of this particular episode
1: being that he's like a guy who doesn't even know that the, the right corner of your artery crosses at the crux, uh, <laughs> is, a, that a bo- a, is that a real? Is that a real boner
0: move for a doctor? What a,
1: dumb, what a dummy!
0: <laughs> what an idiot!
1: Uh, I mean, I think I think, and uh, this this may reveal more about me, and, and maybe I'll we get some angry mail about it. Hi, Dad. Uh, but I think that's something that really is only super relevant if you are a. Uh, like a cardiothoracic surgeon.
0: Well, this is the 90s. Don't you think that any surgeon is yes. automatically all, a heart all surgeon?
1: All surgeons all surgeons are heart surgeons. Yeah. Yeah, yeah of course. Of course. Mar- you can tell from Marty's per- winning personality that he is a thoracic cardiothoracic surgeon.
0: Oh, <laughs> this is a joke I only kind of get.
1: Yeah. Um, but anyway. But anyway, Tony, Gold- Tony Goldwyn's film debut was Friday the 13th Part 6.
0: Oh. I'm not sure I've seen that particular picture.
1: Which, which, which his IMDb bio is it pains to say is one of the more well received Friday the 13th sequels.
0: Oh. Well, you know what? That is a publicist. I'll tell you what. <laughs>
1: yes. My not breakthrough was the a worst. sequel. But, like, not one of the crappy ones, one of the good ones.
0: One of the better ones. Not even one of the right. good ones, one of the better ones.
1: So, um, Tom Wright is Mitch, he's the, uh, I honestly
0: for a minute was like there are other people in this.
1: Yeah, yeah. The dreadlocked, um
0: Oh, the resident. manager
1: of the gross anatomy lab kind of yeah, right. Oh yeah, yeah, he no, he's the in-
0: manager, he's not the one of the residents, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in Marked for Death barbershop. He apparently is in an episode of Seinfeld, and it's the one where George thinks he looks like Sugar Ray Leonard. Oh, the no. boxer. And again, his IMDb oh, no. bio is it pains to point out that he in fact really does look like Sugar Ray Leonard. Oh no! And he has a role in a show that um, people have been telling me is funny, but I have not yet watched called Medical Police, which is oh. on Netflix now. I watched the like trailer the,
0: for it, and I thought to myself, "Oh no, not for me!" You were like, "That looks dumb." Yeah. Yeah, well, I was I, like, "I, I, think I wasn't hard
1: super." Pass. To, what was the thing that that they did before this Children's Hospital or something? Yeah. Also, hard
0: pass uh, for me. I, lots of people I like yeah. are in it, though. I mean, whatever. Yeah. 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 Different strokes. I'm not saying you're a fool for liking it, but not for me. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's, that's, that's that's about all that's worth talking about. Um, Would you like to, you want to summarize this guy?
0: Martin is on his way to becoming a talented doctor while also helping his party boy little brother Carl make it through med school. One night, Carl pulls a sick prank on, on Martin in the morgue and causes him to have a heart attack. One of Martin's hands is Cruelly paralyzed, and he's forced into a research role while Carl becomes the successful surgeon. However, Martin has more than just a useless wrist, wrist up his sleeve. He's got revenge on the mind, and it's this time Carl's on the slab.
1: <laughs> awesome. I
0: did awesome. like a lot of good voice acting.
1: There. Yeah, that's good. That was good. That was good.
0: What is this episode about? What are the themes? What are the morals? What do we learn?
1: Well, I think that we have some, like anything that has any any horror movie that involves doctors. Usually, there's some light playing in God's domain. Um, yeah, I think we also get we get a little bit of uh, the we get a little bit of contrapasso. I think a little bit of kind of uh, uh, ironic and earned and unearned comeuppance. and I think this episode has a lot to say about mind body dualism. Uh, mm.
0: Would you maybe say it, that because the person who wrote the outline for it pointed that out? Um, sure,
1: yeah. sure. But I mean, it's all—it's also pretty. Uh, yeah, but also it's pretty clear. There's the whole thing where i <laughs> are talking about your—is your brain still working? And then you're just organ meat. Fine.
0: Um, well, I, yeah. I, I thank you for telling me that I write uh, incredibly. That um... so
1: you—you picked up obvious points. I'm—I'm I'm just channeling Marty. What are oh. you gonna? What are you gonna do, Mary? Call me in the middle of your podcast and ask you what what to write. How to how to put it together. the did, did the you most... not did you not
0: realize that the that the that the um, that this piece of contrapasso was supposed to cross over on the right you idiot yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I'm weak there's... on
1: Cirque. the 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 most authentic like a lot of the medical stuff they talk about is like is goofy and not not especially true or accurate you know um, the uh, um, but the mo- the thing they nail. Is the 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 way that Marty interacts with Carl has the like perfect amount of weird abusive aggressive academic medical condescension um, that 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 is everywhere.
0: No, nice. <laughs> you, well, that's good. Little, yeah. little little view on the inside.
1: That's right. Yes. That that that's sort of harsh bullying. The kind of gosh, what are you, you 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 don't know? <laughs> like, Freaking idiot. Very. Yeah. Very. Very.
0: Very, very, it, uh, very correct.
1: Right. Yeah. You get little goosebumps and then you suddenly you start having nightmares reminds you. Yes.
0: Mm. Did this trigger did this trigger you?
1: <laughs> no, uh, truthfully, no. But I do love I it seems like such a funny specific thing to make a little horror story about like academic like <laughs> academic medicine. Um, And so I, I, I love it. particular moment
0: of becoming a doctor. Yeah, right. yeah.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like super funny. It's super funny to me that it's like that.
0: But you also don't have to know anything. I think that people are like,
1: Oh, sure, sure." Yeah. yeah.
0: Like you can just be like, "Sure, this is about, right?" Um, and of <laughs> course, because it says brothers in it, we can't we can't not mention sibling, sibling rivalry. Oh,
1: sure. That thing and that like, we don't have.
0: And the and the, this sibling rivalry, rivalry actually I think kind of centers on something that I think is most true about sibling rivalry that I don't know if we've seen yet. Because uh, we just thought, talked about it for um, the trap, the episode before this, but I think that this one is kind of like sibling rivalry. That is that the um, that the driving factor is that sometimes the world is just in like not just like yeah. Martin's the talented one, but Carl ends up with the career because sometimes bad stuff happens and there's nothing you can do about it, and the only thing you do is you you stew on it and you blame the people around you for it even though it's not necessarily their doing but in this case it's kind of Carl's doing <laughs> a little bit but Carl's then, doing
1: but then there's also like the weird reveal at the end that he is actually seeking his brother's approval
0: so it's kind of i mean i think we're supposed to think that these brothers don't hate each other
1: yeah like it's kind of comfortably ambiguous yeah not i mean not ambiguous it, you get the sense that their relationship is actually a little bit more nuanced than you thought it was. Yeah. Um, you know, up to that point. And, and uh, that's, that, that's interesting to me.
0: Yeah. Well, and also I think that uh, I kept going back and forth cause I want, I was basically like, who's the villain? Who's the bad? Cause like, they, I've been so <laughs> With, conditioned. <again. laughs> I've been so conditioned by tales from the crypt stories about brothers. I'm like, which one's the bad brother? Which, which one's, one's the, the bad good one? brother. And I think, yeah, yeah. I think certainly like, just like, like, Putting it out there, Carl is the bigger villain because he's a creep and a dummy. Like he gets the bigger villain, the less charitable. um,
1: Well, it's like it's like Carl is the Carl is is the is is a less of a good person. Yeah, but Marty does like but Marty like
0: does something way worse to him.
1: Hubristically, yeah, like actually does induce cardiac arrest in his brother.
0: Yeah, because I mean I think that Carl like Marty Martin's injury. Uh, Martin. Can I call you Marty?
1: Uh, Martin's injury. <laughs> they call each other Marty and Carl.
0: Yeah. They should have called him Carly.
1: Let, let's be real. Let's be real. If you were interacting with him, he would prefer that you call him Dr. Fairbanks.
0: 100%, but I'm not. So um,
1: <laughs> He may insist that you call him Dr. Fairbanks.
0: Marty! Marty's injury is, like, pretty much just bad luck. Like, yes. he was helping his brother and being very condescending. But yeah, he was helping his brother
1: and being a dick, but you know he's a surgeon, so
0: yeah. Yeah. But ultimately, he was wounded because of his brother's prank, which had no intention of actually wounding him. Right. While he was also doing his brother a favor, so it's like it's it's right. just like a cruel twist of fate, you know. On his birthday. On his birthday, <laughs> I also like that, like <laughs> that. It's like I'm throwing you a birthday party in the morgue, and no one you know is coming because that would ruin At the night. prank.
1: Yeah, at night. Yeah. At night. Well, no, I think you. He knows. He knows the guy who's wearing the zombie mask because I can't remember. Oh uh, yeah, he takes it like, off. He's, he's like, like, "Hey, Marty." Like, yeah. 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 He's like, "Bill, is that?" <laughs> I'm too busy having a heart
0: attack. I'm too busy <laughs> having a heart attack, but I will acknowledge you. <laughs> um. So so right so that's that's like that's kind of what happens, with Marty. We're at Martin. We're <laughs> to Marty, but um, Carl's death. It is more premeditative because the prank itself is just, like, wildly risky.
1: Yes. Yes. (laughs) The prank, though, is like when you read about um, medical history. And it's uh, medical history is full of people, usually with vaccines or stuff, where they'll be like, and then he inoculated himself. Then he exposed himself to smallpox.
0: It reminded me, (laughs) um, I went to the... uh, Another shout out to Chicago. Maybe that's like the ghost of the machine of this of this podcast now. Mentions of uh. mentions of travels in Chicago. I went to the um, medical history museum in Chicago, which is delightful. I would recommend it to anybody. Very interesting um, and cheap. It's like five bucks to get in. Um, mm. And I, I I basically was just like laughing. My I was laughing quite a bit, but also, <laughs>
1: but but like, what were you laughing off?
0: I was. Like,
1: <laughs> I was laughing. laughing my head off.
0: Whoa. Um, they would love that. Uh, but I was laughing, but it was kind of like the oh Jesus kind of laughs reading about the people who basically invented anesthesia because they absolutely all tested it on themselves. And they became basically like, um, oh, yeah. like yeah. Michael Jackson level addicted to knocking themselves out with anesthesia. Wild. Yeah. Huffy.
1: Huffy. Yeah. Yeah, Wild. Yeah, yeah. Wild.
0: Wild. What were we talking about again? Um, I remember yeah. what we were doing. Basically, you you said you said that it's like Marty's like I'm gonna inoculate myself. Um, yeah, but,
1: but instead he's really like I'm gonna I'm gonna kill my brother and keep him alive with actually, my zombie. He's juice. like
0: I'm gonna kill my sh- my my shareholder, and then when he wakes up, he's gonna be so pleased and surprised and impressed that he's gonna give yeah. me a lot of money.
1: I'm also gonna work through a lot of those weird anger issues I have with him, which after all is unfair to him because he's my brother.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you they, can definitely that tell. That doesn't mean
1: the feelings aren't real. Yeah. The
0: the the ability to to piggyback on um financial gain with petty revenge was did not escape Marty. Yeah. Um yep. do you think that these pranks tell us something about the brothers' personalities?
1: I I th- I think so. Um I don't know if I would I mean like uh, I this speaks to rich, 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 veins to mine, um, in terms of like medical hubris. Um, and I think that, uh, the, um, like Marty's definitely does in that it, it sort of shows that he has this goofy pet theory and he believes it so much that he's basically willing to kill and he's willing to stake his own brother's life on, 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 on being right. And, and also you get the sense that remember the, in the, in the intro black and white part where he's, you know, kind of ranting about how he thinks that, you know, the brain lives on after death and all this kind of stuff. Yep. Um, it, this is totally like, like for him, this is an argument that's been going on for I don't know how long, like, you know, 20 years or something. Right. And like he's good. He's going to win it by God. <laughs> I'm going to win this argument even if I, even if you have to die to prove me right.
0: And it just so happens to justify my funding. And also you did something crummy to me in the past. So it's also going right. to check that box.
1: Right, and then like, Carl's is a little bit like Carl is like the is like the, is is, is he's sort of like the dumb, goofy brother. Now again, you know, maybe he's not actually an idiot. Maybe he's actually smart too. Um, but it it works better for the story if he's if he's dumb. We don't you really know, get just,
0: a sense that he wouldn't. I mean, like other than his eventual success, I think we're right. supposed to believe. He's although
1: dumb. although although that also is great too. Right, the we see we in the beginning we see that. Marty is older, obviously, and it, like, actually would seem to have, like, finished residency and stuff. So maybe he's quite a bit older. <laughs> or maybe. Although, also, if he's, <laughs> if he's like, a third-year surgery resident and his medical school brother is hauling him in and he's, like, giving uh, Carl lectures about what it takes to be a surgeon before he's finished training, that also feels good and true. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, it, it's that, you know, speaking of someone older, let me give you some advice. But, um.
0: What are you going to do? Anyway. Keep calling me? And you're like, well, it worked yeah. now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I guess so. Yeah.
1: But anyway, um, uh, but I think that like Carl's Carl's thing involves pretending to be pretending to be dumber than he is. And then is, is about like booze and naked ladies, kind of. Yeah. Uh, and that and that that also kind of seems to kind of fit his personality. It also has that goofy thing where it's a prank. I, I personally am not one for much for pranks because I think that. Like Carl's Prank, a lot of the time it's kind of self-serving in that unless the person really loves to be tricked, surprised, and humiliated, it's really for the benefit of everyone else. And then the fact that you say happy birthday at the end means they have to be a good sport about you, you know, you know yeah. terrifying them or scaring them. It's kind of it's kind of a dick move, you know? Um, and 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 I think it's and and, and can be sort of a selfish kind of fun. Um, You think about, like, the stuff we you read it, like, George – is it George Clooney who's supposed to be a huge prankster on sets and stuff?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Or even if not him specifically. But, like, when you hear about movie stars who are, like, pranksters and stuff, and then you're like, right, but they have they have all this power and everybody, everybody just has to put up with it because they're, you know, George Clooney. And, you know, and if you don't like it, you can't say anything. And so it's it's actually – it's kind of a mean sort of fun.
0: I don't, I think that George Clooney in particular probably shouldn't be the kind of person pulling pranks. So I, I, I kind of got up in my own head about this and I was like, well, what, what, uh, what separates like a practical joke from fraud, from anything else? What, what defines a a prank? And this is what I found. Practical jokes are generally. (laughs) The
1: Oxford uh, English Dictionary (laughs) defines prank.
0: Um, (laughs) The, this is the, the piece that I thought was interesting. They aim to make the victim feel humble or foolish, but not victimized or humiliated. Thus, most practical jokes are affectionate gestures of humor and designed to encourage laughter. And I was like, by that definition, neither one of the things that they do, I guess maybe what Carl does is sort of a prank. But <laughs> Martin's thing is, so, is such a shaggy dog of a prank that I'm like... That's probably not actually a break. I think that's actually just torture is what he did to his brother.
1: Yeah. Most charitably, he sort of dragoons his brother. in. He like tricks his brother into testing the serum out for himself.
0: Yeah. I I took it in a much more, my question in a much more literal direction. I think that as part of, I'm going to argue that in our dualism portion, that I think to some degree we have the characters themselves representing the two pieces of dualism where you have kind of carl as like a body person and Mm -hmm. martin as a mind person and you can see that in their pranks uh
1: where carl goes
0: for like a big physical prank Mm -hmm. um and martin goes for more mind games and like psychological torture and and humiliation versus versus like a physical humiliation Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I think that that was actually very well done from a storytelling perspective. Would you like to tell me, tell, would you like me to tell you about a a famous prank that I think is actually pretty great?
1: Yeah. Okay. No, no, nope. End of podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Good night, folks.
0: (laughs) So this is, uh, this was relayed, um, at some point by Charles MacArthur, who's a playwright. And it concerns um, the American painter and Bohemian character Waldo Pierce. So while Waldo was living in Paris in the 1920s, he gave um, the what they call the concierge of his building, but I think it was kind of like a landlady kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, a turtle for a pet. And the woman really liked the hell out of this turtle and, like, like really took care of this turtle and, like, f- like saved it special little bits of food to feed this turtle – But the prank was that Waldo kept creeping into her apartment and replacing it every few days with a a somewhat larger turtle, so that at at the end, she had this, like, enormous turtle, much to her delight, (laughs) and then... um, and then at, like, kind of the peak, when he had finally introduced... I don't know where he got all these turtles, but when he finally that's, that's introduced... The,
1: that's the dark, mean part of it. You're like, what happened to the other turtles? I'm
0: going to pretend that they all lived with Waldo at the same time, in his whole yeah, apartment right, yeah. stanked. He had an enormous terrarium. <laughs> yeah. Smelled real bad. Um. And so, after uh, the neighbor, or the landlady, was, like, kind of, like, trotting this turtle all over the neighborhood, being like, look at this enormous turtle. It's all of my care. That's what caused it. He started he began the process in reverse Uh, and started replacing the turtles (laughs) with progressively littler turtles, Uh, much to her (laughs) bewilderment. Yeah, that's Um, great. That's a a really solid prank. (laughs) It's a very funny prank. And actually, it tells you in and of itself the turtles didn't die because he started replacing them backwards. You're
1: right, you're right. Yeah, he's not eating, the, the turtles aren't being made into turtle soup. And then ultimately the fact that there were not one turtle, but, you know, like 20 turtles. That's the ultimate prank on the land. <laughs> like, she owns the rooms he's renting and so on. They smell like this, like a reptile house.
0: Well, maybe he just gave them all to her and suddenly she was just like, she just had like a really weird stair-step family of turtles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, it by the way, lived him. for like hundreds of years, so probably... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So probably- It ends
1: with him kidnapping a big Galapagos tortoise from a zoo.
0: <laughs> yeah. So probably these turtles will all outlive you and me if they're properly taken <laughs> care of. <laughs>
1: Which she does. She takes very good care of the turtles. Yeah. One tor- assumes her
0: ancestors do too. I-, I really liked that practical joke.
1: You know, I was, uh, I was subjected by myself personally as a, as a schoolboy to a series of escalating and cruel pranks over a long period of time in my life.
0: Oh, who was the horrible bully who pranked you so?
1: <laughs> I, I, I I, vividly recall being fed Oreo cookies that, that had had the uh, interior cream scraped out and it was replaced with mint toothpaste. Wow.
0: No. What kind of a monster would do that?
1: I know. And then almost a year later to the day, um, I was subjected to a uh, Hostess uh, cream-filled chocolate cupcake. That had been injected with ketchup,
0: where the where where the delicious sweet white cream had been replaced with red tomato cat, catsup.
1: Yes, oh. yes, it was. Now, it, it, true,
0: true, now, were these truly. pranks were these pranks done in in honor of a certain occasion, or were they completely out of the blue? Who who,
1: who could even remember all, all that I can remember? <laughs> all I can remember is the trauma. Shame and distrust that this is engendered in my life.
0: Oh, well, that's a that's a real that's a, a scallywag and a knave who uh, inflicted those uh, pranks upon you, and I will have you know that they were absolutely done on uh, April Fool's Day, so you deserved it.
1: Right, I know. Yeah, April Fool's Day, you and Mom, my lunch at school. <laughs>
0: you should have known better. We never had things like that.
1: I know. Well, that's what To be fair, though, well, real talk. That's what's fu- that's what's funny about it.
0: I can't believe I've never talked to you about this, actually, in any depth. Were the other... Did this happen to other children at your school?
1: Not as far as I knew.
0: Were the other kids at the lunch table with you impressed or horrified by these pranks?
1: I, I don't remember anybody responding to it. But I feel like... But that's the kind of, you know... I don't know. I, I feel like there's a difference between pranks, in, like real talk, pranks like that, or like surprising a kid... There's stuff between that, and then like people who brag about, you know, I'm taking my wife to to, to you know we're going to Mexico and she doesn't know anything about it, <laughs> which kind of is on that sort of prank spectrum where it's like weird weird un- loss of adult control and and possible surprise that is, I think sometimes unwelcome.
0: Yeah, although I think that that falls into the um into the bucket of surprise party party dickery. As opposed right. to, as opposed to a true prank. Well,
1: but, but isn't that what Carl pulls on Marty? It's a surprise party that just also happens to involve zombies and implied necrophilia.
0: Well, you know, I think Webster's Dictionary defines surprise
1: <laughs> party. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, when I was in medical school, we we used the morgue for prank. We used the gross anatomy lab for pranks all the time. I feel like that would,
0: I feel like there must be some, some of that in every, uh, gross anatomy class, but also I feel like not, it's not very, it's not tolerated or at least by your peers, because people will think if you do too much of it, you might be a sicko.
1: Yeah. Also. Okay. So I think that, um, this episode, uh, kind of does a thing that we like to see in media where you'll have like somebody you know like eating a big sandwich in the science lab or like using the laser to like light a joint man, or yeah, yeah, y- yeah. you know what I mean like using the using the the, the you know sub-zero freezer to chill on some beer. That thing where we like the idea that people who are connected to things that we think of as specialized or technical are real ca- are like overly casual and familiar with it.
0: Yeah, like where we think that there's stuff that's like sacred ground, but right, to them it's right. just another day at the office. So of course they take their shoes off at the desk at their desk. Right.
1: Yeah. yeah right. 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 And like, I mean, you know, in my experience, um, when your medical school is 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 about you know terror and hard work and being terrorized, and the they. And and this sounds sanctimonious, but also I think is true and obvious to everyone. The bodies that you that generally that you dissect in gross anatomy lab are people who have like willed their bodies to medical education and science and that sort of thing. And they they don't even have to hit this real hard, but they basically like, yeah, these were all real people, and these are people who have donated of have sort of given of themselves, so you so you dum dums can learn a thing or two. And so like it you know um there there is a uh there is at least um, where I went to school they have a, there was a ceremony that we attended where they where the bodies are cremated later and like you know they, they there is a certain amount of reverence there's a certain amount of irreverence just cuz it's you know kind of an odd situation to be in but it's not but it's not as extreme as you might think just because yeah like cause it's creepy per- it is, it is yeah. sort of
0: creepy and um
1: I, I don't even know if it's creepy. I think it's really just more like this is important and this this was this this is was a real person. Yeah. So like don't don't be a don't be a don't be a dick about it. Yeah. Totally. Um, you know what I mean? Would so you, you could talk will about your so body I
0: body to science based on your experience.
1: I um I, I haven't really thought about it. I mean, sure. I don't we, we never there, I i I'm not worried about I, I wouldn't be worried about like my body being mistreated or something
0: yeah I think I would yeah. want to if i if I wasn't um if I wasn't a viable organ donor I would want to
1: yeah sure sure. Because I assume
0: I assume if I'm like missing my lungs and my liver that I'm not not
1: not as as interested in it. Yeah. Right. If you want to
0: if you want to come to that decision. Well, you this is like this is definitely a busman's holiday for you. But listeners, if you are curious about this subject and would like to uh, make an informed decision for yourself um, about how absolutely horrifying the practice of uh, getting embalmed is and relatively speaking, getting cut up by med students sounds like a picnic. I would recommend highly uh, the Mary Roach book *Stiff*, which was a, oh, yeah. a, a oh, bestseller, and yeah. it's great. And you, everyone yeah. should read it; it's very good. Okay.
1: Yeah, but anyway, but but that's kind of why. Like, I don't. I I remember when we like. Uh, you have you watched *Killing Eve*? They talk about how the um, the smell of the um, uh, of the embalming fluid like makes people hungry for meat. And Ooh. I do remember Gross Anatomy Lab is right before lunch, so. So we would be doing a dissection. I'd be like, man, I'm really hungry. That's <laughs> I interesting. That's, I don't know um, if that's you know. The, I it's the you, formaldehyde, supposedly.
0: I remember you telling me that when you cut bones, it smells like nacho Doritos.
1: Yeah, yeah, it does. It does, and, mm-hmm. and some of that is the and again the bodies are kind of are preserved. So sure, I, you know, I don't. They're think,
0: like fetal pig dyes. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. You don't. You don't. Yeah, it's you don't break your leg and then you smell nacho cheese. <laughs> You're not like oh Doritos. Kids,
0: don't start breaking bones hoping to smell nacho cheese. <laughs> just <laughs> or what if you were just, just like, oh no, it's the nacho cheese for I'm, a I'm bag of real bad.
1: Doritos. Just leave me. Just leave me. Go. Your um, bones anyway. are
0: not full of nacho cheese.
1: Um, but anyway, but but you you know what I mean, though. I feel like in the 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 few movies you see about like medical school or whatever, they're always like or not always, but like using the bodies for pranks is a thing. Or getting to like just hang out in the gross anatomy lab, you know, like being real casual around dead bodies and stuff. Or, um, or when he says "go necro," like I, f- <laughs> I feel like if yeah, you said have you that ever, to have somebody, have
0: you ever heard anyone say that to someone casually? <laughs> no. Do you also have man. Do you also have friends that maybe have partners that are like, I would love to be a nude prop in oh, your prank. Yeah, that was to awesome. Meet your family. That sounds I great. Do-
1: yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I Yeah. I love I love that. That was a thing, especially when she's like wearing um, Carl's la- white coat and she's just like, hey, Marty, so great to meet you. Like she-
0: <laughs> yeah. And she puts it on in a way that I find very strange. I mean, like, first of all, they did that girl so dirty. Like, I don't know if you know this, Thomas. Uh huh. I-, I did not know this until I, I read a piece about it. And about like women and how they're framed in film. But you know that classic thing where it's like the lady wears the man's thing, the man's shirt. And oh, the man yeah, wears- yeah,
1: sure. Those yeah, are the, the, the sheet thing. Yeah.
0: yeah. Those are giant prop shirts that they put on women to make them look little. The- like the- uh-huh. there's no if a man wore it, he would also look little.
1: Okay, sure. sure, sure.
0: But they clearly didn't do that because you don't have a break between watching. They actually have one. They could have fixed it. But like there is no way that that woman, however small and petite that she is, could like wear a lab coat, basically like a shirt dress. Right. Mm
1: -hmm. So when you
0: see her, she like covers up her top, like her boobs. But her like her lower half is just hanging out, which let me tell you, 100 percent of women would not do you'd be like got to cover got to cover my vagina first <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes yes yeah but the, they well, did her so fair, dirty they
0: should have gotten they should have swapped it out for a giant prop lab coat so she could actually like cover herself up it's very weird to, and to uncomfortable be fair, to watch
1: it, it depends it depends i'd have to watch the episode again because and this will tell you everything you need to know about American medical education there are actually two lengths of lab coats there is the student length of lab coat which is sort of like a sport, or a, a dinner
0: jacket length,
1: yeah, which is like blazer length, yeah. yeah, which which would not cover your or wouldn't do a very good job of covering your genitals anyway, but the long ones kind of do because theoretically a lab coat it's you're not, supposed to.
0: It's not an issue of length; it's an issue of diameter.
1: I see. Well, I'm just saying, like if you if you were wearing a lab coat that was that is long, that is the do- the the formal doctor attending length it would cover you could wear that with no clothes on underneath and it it's, would cover it's your- it's an
0: issue of diameter it's not an issue of length like when she puts it on she's supposed to be able to if it's like a proper prop one she should be able to almost wear it like a wrap dress where she would put like sure. one side yeah. of it under one armpit and the other side under another oh, you're right, armpit Yeah, while kinda, her arms it's just sort of like through.
1: wrapped around her yeah yeah. yeah yeah i'm just saying that like if if like probably i don't think they do the short coat long coat thing she probably could put it on and have clothes also let's just be real Weird to th- for that to be like adequate clothes to like now get drunk in a in a room that has possibly real cadavers in it. Crazy.
0: We assume real cadavers. I mean, they are looking yeah, right. at some the, guy's Yeah, the guy part. with the
1: crux with the circ. Yeah. yeah.
0: When dumb old Carl didn't understand. Remember? Yeah.
1: yeah. What a dummy. I do. Re- I, do re- I do remember. I was. Were you very so? When the dead body, when when or when the girlfriend grabs him, and it's already in black and white. I I was like, oh my gosh this episode isn't at all how I thought it was going to be.
0: No, I was instead...
1: It worked on me for like, you know, the the 15 seconds or something. I was like, wow, they're they're doing this?
0: I felt a deep sense of relief because before that, it was Carl being like, hey, bro. Being like, yeah. I can make this cadaver's nipple hard. And I was like, this is terrible news, everybody.
1: (laughs) Whoa, guys, whoa. What What if... The episode is just about like medical brothers who realized that like dead bodies are actually kind of sexy oh
0: my gosh that is a nightmare <laughs> that is why that is why I'll be honest with you that's why the trap can't be a zero <laughs> that's why <laughs> <laughs> just in case that's something that happens
1: oh man so so this one abracadaver. I guess referring to like magic and dead bodies but we didn't even talk about this when we talked about the trap but that also is kind of a nonsensical title.
0: Yeah, no totally. It it absolutely is. Um but no, this is a real so I do you know what abracadabra means?
1: I I don't actually.
0: It means and now I create it now basically. Like and so okay. that's why it's the rabbit out of the hat and now I pull I create the rabbit as I pull it out of the hat. So it it, gotcha. it, it actually kind of works for this. You could think like and now i am god and now i create it and i you are dead oh, and now i, I bring yeah. you back to life like i create you now I got you. but it, it's I got you. it's it's very it's very inside baseball to even begin to understand it and so i don't actually think that it's that i think that they were just looking for a pun and they were like yes. you know it's like a prank you know like you know like when you have a prank and then you yell surprise or like we got you or like abracadabra it's like that you know <laughs> all those pranks <laughs> that done with yelling abracadabra <laughs>
1: yeah, they're like when you are like check this out dummy You stupid idiot.
0: You know, like when you go to like, you know, Vegas and you eat a bunch of like crab legs and you lose all your money and then your dumb wife makes you go to a show. And Chris Able was like pranks on you. Abracadabra. (laughs) It's like that. Oh, my gosh. Um, Any who's will be. (laughs) Dualism. Uh Hmm. Um so I think that the horror of this rests on the uneasiness we feel definitely about where our, what our consciousness is up to after we're dead. Sure. But I also just think about like how an une- general uneasiness about how our consciousness and physical body are intertwined in general which brings up con like concept of dualism, right? Like yes. that's yeah. what they dealt with. So Um, If you've listened to my other podcast, Space Bras, Ghost in the Shell episode, um, some of these ideas will Mm. be familiar Mm. to you because I definitely reviewed those notes. Um,
1: Also, also,
0: there are nude women in that, too. Hmm. Yeah, there are nude women in that. Um, Yep. And those and they don't. The major doesn't
1: need to wear clothes. They're not worried about it. She's a robot lady.
0: She's a robot lady. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
1: Pretend like I don't know about like cyborgs or anime. Yeah.
0: So she's a robot.
1: She's like a robot. She's like a robot police lady.
0: We're probably gonna do that episode of of uh, Twilight Zone, by the way. For um,
1: oh, the robot. Yeah, robot one. That's cool.
0: Um. So this is uh Descartes' signature doctrine, the dualism of the mind and the body. Mm -hmm. Um. So classically, um. It was it was uh Descartes' attempt to demonstrate the existence of God, and the distinction between the human soul and the body. Basically, Descartes was like, "Well, where's the soul? Poked around in this body. Where is the soul? We need to find it." Um, and he came up with a theory that the the humans are a union of the mind and the body, and that um and that together that created a human being, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Descartes was also all over the mind and argued that the mind could exist without the body, but the body could not exist without the mind. That the body is ultimately kind of a meat bag that your that your mind rides around in and gives purpose sure. to.
1: Okay.
0: So, oh, go ahead.
1: Oh, I just say that, and I think that 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 would, wouldn't you say that's pretty much the dominant yeah Western way we perceive this now. I mean, like, because don't you think secondary horror here is like. we worry about what happens to the mind and the body because what we do with dead bodies isn't great. Yeah.
0: Um, I do also want to say that so like that seems like so when you you talk about dualism and you're like it's the concept of the human soul. It's evolved quite a bit since then. In fact, I think that we pretty much um, believe in dualism now, even if you don't mm-hmm. believe in the concept of soul, or not trying to prove that God exists, like that nutbag Descartes was trying <laughs> you, to do.
1: Using, science. although we, we, this 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 is, the, but also this is this is a really old idea. You know, like yeah. like Plato is all about the, the the mind and the realm of the forms and the body is. You, you know, it is a very old, certainly Western thought to basically be like the body trash, the mind. Everything. Mine, and who's surprised that, that a awesome. bunch of men whose self appointed job is to like figure things out and think it over also, you know, <laughs> come down that way, <laughs>
0: eat other animals. Um, right. But I will, yes. I do want to point out, and if you're interested in this, um, dualism gets fairly complex, especially as science progresses past, um, mm. you know, to, to current day basically you know as science science ooh, as scientists continue to examine the human body and you know ex- discover things like neural pathways and stuff they basically were like excuse me um garson there's some brain matter in your mind i think that's kind of messing up some of your dualism and they cite that of course like physical damage can erase mind portion so maybe sure. it's not just like the spiritual spiritual divine presence that's floating around in your body um, in the roughly in the brain region that degenerative disease can have it, so maybe it is more physical. Maybe the idea that there is sort of difference is is largely um, just, like, bean counting.
1: Sure, sure. I mean, like, or just anybody who knows, who has older relatives with dementia. Like, what do you, how do you think that works? Yeah. You know, right? If if grandma can't remember things, like, what is she, what happened?
0: Did some of her soul go <laughs> away? Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, right. Exactly, yeah. it's to, to turn off the piece of her soul that remembers. Yeah, I I do I do however think that this does go into like a bunch of weird um, kind of Malcolm Gladwellian directions where it's kind of like if all of your personality and decisions are just your brain chemistry doing things in your mind, can you be held responsible for any of your actions? Oh well, and, uh, yeah. you, know, you know right, and like you're like yeah, you can
0: absolutely <laughs> even if
1: yeah. even if even if human free will is a total illusion, um, our our society is set up in such a way that we kind of assume that it exists because without it how how does how does society function
0: <laughs> Yeah, but I was actually surprised so I, I started digging around because I, I really wanted to arrive at Carl is this so there, there are many different types of dualism and like thoughts mm-hmm. around it and I, what I wanted to is I wanted to deliver to you in a beautiful package and be like Carl's this kind of dualist because they both are Carl's this kind uh-huh. of dualist which is why he does this and uh-huh. Martin is this kind of dualist which is why he does that it's not like that it gets way too like little like Piss pansy and basically it's just like well, okay so it's physical right but like maybe everything is physical because everything you get everything you learn is a physical stimulation of your right, body sure, sure, sure. blah 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 so it's it's a little bit too it's too technical but also at the same time I while I was reading about this I kind of was rolling my eyes and being like I mean it's fine we understand mm-hmm. what you mean you don't you don't have to be like well, in this section, the body, the body and the mind cross over, but the mind is still important. Like, you know, it's just not.
1: Yeah, right, yeah. It's funny how, like, w- 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 we could get all twisted up in that. But also we make fun of the, uh, the medieval, how many angels can dance on the head of a pin, the idea that, right, the, that the only thing that is purely metaphysical is God. And so to, like, interact with fallen realm, the angels must have some tiny physical component. And so then it's like, well. But angels are really perfect, so if they're just the tiniest little bit physical, so how many? So, like, is it is it smaller than the head of a pin? Is it small? You know, the-
0: yeah, it's like a movie strip of an argument but, where you're like, well, right, the, bo- right. the body, the mind doesn't need the body because the body is the mind's the boss, but actually, it has to live in something. It's not right. we Don't it's not air, <laughs> like but it's like dirt. Yeah, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: We made up this distinction. Now, now let's how how can we make it connect with what we observe physically?
0: I don't know. Being a philosopher uh, must be just like a really sweet gig.
1: Yeah. Getting to think deep thoughts and make up little systems.
0: Mm hmm. And be like. Although,
1: also, some of these guys, though, like Socrates and Kant, must have been just pains in the neck. I think moral philosophers in general, (laughs) probably huge pain. Although, I think, isn't that kind of part of the comedy of the good place?
0: (laughs) I was about to to say, but (laughs) without them, we wouldn't have the good place. And that's a reality I don't want to live in. Yeah.
1: That's right. It's just but just just real pains in the neck where you're like, okay, so it's wrong to lie, yes? Okay. Is it wrong to lie to like save a human life? And then to like yes or no? What about like saving like two human lives? <laughs> and then you're just kinda like, okay, what if you're lying to your mom to save a hundred thousand human lives?
0: Yeah. The piece of dualism that I'm the most interested in is a lot of the thought experiments around um, can you can you know things without experiencing them? Like I didn't know mm-hmm. this, but the the, the famous uh, Mary's room theoretical uh, oh, yeah. question is uh-huh. is based in in a thought of dualism. Like can you can your mind transcend physical experience enough to be able to understand color without ever having seen it?
1: Yeah, yeah the Mary in the black and white room mm-hmm. from Deus Ex. Also, from from, also just yeah. from
0: reality, like life.
1: Yeah, right, right. Yeah, from yeah. Real thing. Yeah.
0: But there's also a famous one which I read about, which is called the bat problem. And basically uh-huh. it was like, if we can understand everything about bats, can we know what it's like to be a bat? Which is a hilarious <laughs> thing to like to be like, yeah, this sure, is sure. my life's work. Can we know what it is to bat? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> Um, But then
1: also, okay, but then also, like, and I understand that these are weighty philosophical things and I'm engaging with them like a, like a, like that obnoxious guy in your undergrad philosophy seminar and everything. But, you know, right, like. Who's like Aristotle? Sucks. Yeah, right. right, What a dummy. But then also, like, some of this, though, seems to doom us to weird, like a weird essential physical idea where, like, you can never have empathy or understand anyone else. Also, you can only, only things you can directly experience can ever be conceived of as real. Which, which is not to say that I'm not, you know, this is not going to turn into something where I'm like, you know, and then you need to get saved. But you know, if if that's the case, what a what a weird atomized, isolated existence we actually are doomed to, you know, right? If you can't ever, you know, if you can't if you can't know what it is too bad. Can you know what it is to woman or to child or to, you know, to other to not be you? That's,
0: I do well. I mean, <laughs> No, you know what I mean, though. Like
1: it, again, th- that's why. I, that's why I'm like, big fun of like the sort of Malcolm Gladwell. Like at the end of the day,
0: yeah, you're like, well, you can decide that because you were literally paid to ask these kind of questions. But everyone, but everyone else seems to be getting by just fine, not knowing what it is to bat.
1: But uh, and and I'm not. This is not anti-intellectualism. I no, just of think that not. we sometimes we sometimes like to make the problem make make it seem very complicated. Like, like the whole thing where it's kind of like, what if your brain chemistry takes away the idea of free will? And you're like, but I I still. Is is the illusion of control uh, the same as having control, or you know, do we live in a computer simulation that is so great that you'll never know that it's a computer? Sim- Who
0: cares? Yeah, at some point, it doesn't keep my well. And my <laughs> actually, my thing is, and and yes, obviously, I would like to say that I'm not an anti an a- anti intellectual. I mean, my whole. Point of this podcast—that's <laughs> our
1: deal on this pod—is
0: <laughs> to take—is to take lowbrow media and apply and apply sure. way more thought to it than it ever probably deserves. Um, but uh, I, I I also think that it's sort of like some of these guys need to be called out for basically being like I'm going to invent the game hockey and I'm also going to invent the way that I can score in it and I'm going to invent the way that you can't score in it.
1: Oh yeah, sure. Like sure, sure,
0: some sure. to some degree, these questions like. Is anyone ever going to be able to definitively prove that they know what it is to be a bat? No. You've now set up a, a, a quandary in which you have designed it and you've also designed its scoring mechanism, which nobody else can actually win at. That's okay. But like you don't you don't give me the stakes for what it is to not know how to bat, so that I don't know if it's bad that we don't know how to bat. And even if we could know how to bat and like and even if theoretically we could know how to bat then all the rules would change once again so sure sure like you know it's it is interesting and it's cool and if it helps you understand the world better and become a better person or a more realized person great but at the same time like i'm not falling over myself to be like these people are doing the most important work in the world no sure, they're not sure.
1: so, so how do you feel about the trolley problem man? oh god
0: um so with all of with all of this jackassery aside, um, I would say that both the brothers uh, subscribe to a fairly standard modern view of dualism, especially at the times this is in the 90s, right? Where mm-hmm. your brain is the boss, your body is a meat bag. And then they they differentiate themselves because Martin's like, but what if the mind can transcend the meat bag? And Carl's like, no, the meat bag is eventually the mind's demise. We'll take down the mind is the millstone around the mind's neck.
1: And they're both and probably probably they're both obnoxious online atheist kind of guys, too. (laughs) So so I don't think that, you know what I mean? I don't think they're not like arguing about like when your soul leaves your body or anything. Yeah. But we have that weird thing where we think about you said, "Excellent with the bus." But it's also the weird thing where it's kind of like, "Well, if you chop off my foot, is my foot still me? <laughs> what about yeah, you know, right?" Yeah.
0: Well, and actually, that that summary where it's like, where the the meat bag will bring down the mind. That is ultimately what this episode tells you because that is what happens to Carl.
1: Yeah. Or or, or they or, both or, or, are
0: right. They both are yeah. right.
1: Well, the meat bag is the downfall of the mind, I guess. But actually, the mind... But, but the most horrifying thing is that the mind, the mind is still awake, yeah. still alive.
0: Well, Martin needs to be right that the mind can continue. It can carry on. It doesn't need right. the meat bag. But the mind... But Carl is right that the mind is it cannot be un- untwined from the meat <laughs> basically, bag basically
1: basically screwed without the meat
0: bag <laughs> yeah so well but also screwed because of the meat bag like if yeah, his yeah, if his right. br- if his mind was just like floating around freeform he wouldn't care that it was getting chopped up at the end
1: <laughs> true 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 yes uh, the only way that Martin is wrong, it turns out, is that the body can still feel pain. Pain is the last thing to go.
0: Ugh. That was actually probably my least favorite part of this. I was like, it's already horrifying enough. Like we don't need. It was just, it, yeah, yeah. It was, it was so clunky. It's,
1: it's it they're icing the cake a little bit too much.
0: Yeah. Um, but I, I also yes. liked I liked in the story that we find out that both the brothers are a tiny bit right and a tiny bit wrong. I thought that yeah, that I was do. like yes. a clever, yes. good choice. Um. Also, I think that it it was interesting that you kind of saw that the um, the cruelties that they will inflict on other people are based on their own philosophies on this issue. Like Carl not only does not see a problem with like scaring his brother with a big physical prank, he also has no problem like abusing bodies or having other people think that he might be abusing a body.
1: Or or even the way he treats that uh the woman who is maybe his colleague or yeah. whatever. Who like clearly if they're doing like a like a Ally McBeal style like sexy workplace, like, you know. Yeah. And he's just like, No, it, you know.
0: Yeah, leave me alone. I I, yeah. I already got what I wanted from you. <laughs> Out you go abroad. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We
1: already we, we've had sex like six times. Like, what do, what do you want from me? I'm but, gonna read my mail.
0: <laughs> but I think that most sane people would back away from a prank which would require you the the victim of your prank to believe for a significant portion of time that you were you were toying with the idea of necrophilia
1: yes yes it, it, it's it's an unnecessary i mean and right fine it's it's a it's a it's an episode of a show and like for, for exploitation and everything but yes to sell that prank he doesn't have to like expose his nude girlfriend he doesn't have to like play with her nipple yeah. <laughs> you know
0: yeah yeah Exactly. So I think that we also kind of get like a little hint that um, maybe Carl does deserve to be brought down by his body because he doesn't really respect bodies.
1: And Carl, um, I think if we look at his door, I tried to watch it in the pause. I think he is the chairman of the pathology department. Oh, so he's (laughs)
0: quite he's quite (laughs) successful.
1: I think that's right. I I might have to I I might be wrong. Um, But uh, but I if I I seem to recall, that is what (laughs) that is his role. So, yeah, he's uh, he gets to see bodies all the time. Which, well, if that was the case, is a little bit weird that, uh, uh, that he doesn't recognize the guy who's the body master for the... Uh, well, that's why the, he had to put on a funny night. wig. Right. Well, also, that guy is not really the morgue people. Did, did it seem like a weird, unnecessary complication that they had to explain that even though it felt like days for him, it was only a couple hours... I mean, I understand it's it. It does make sense because that that explains why they're able to pull the prank off and like nobody you know checked in and was like, "Hey, what's this guy doing hanging up in the meat locker?"
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that was kind of supposed to be like a like a like a hail mary pass to salvage your judge passing judgment on Martin, so you could be like, "Ha ha, this is the same as just like having a big old jump scare," but it's it's truly not.
1: Yeah, it's really
0: not. It doesn't matter I mean, if it was only a few hours. Like, it's not okay. Like,
1: like, like in a lot of stories like this, it really works on the momentum. And the momentum is good. The pacing is good. And it kind of keeps you going. So you're not like, hey, wait a minute. You know, <laughs> you're, you just kind of accept what you're, what you're seeing because it's pretty compelling and, and enjoyable. So, I you know what I mean? It's like they're, they're, they're filling in plot holes that, or they're filling in holes that they probably don't need to.
0: Yeah. Um, <sighs> So, we, we, you know, I think, we, I think we've beaten what, what Carl stands for. Uh, it also occurs sure. to me at this moment that um, they also take away the thing that they represent. So Carl takes away Martin's physical form by right, rendering right, yeah. his hand paralyzed. And Martin takes away Carl's mind or, like, kind of compartmentalizes it in a horrifying way. He takes yeah, control yeah. of, of <laughs> Carl's autonomy to be present or not. Right. Yeah. Um, but like, what about Martin? I, I feel like what he does is so messed up that it almost doesn't deserve like it, you. I, I don't even feel compelled to explain why it's yeah. so messed up. But I mean, he basically so he knocks Carl out. He or he uh, he. Well, I mean,
1: strictly speaking, like he could have done that. But he <clears throat> he gives a medicine, not medicine that actually induces cardiac arrhythmia, or not the cardiac arrest as far as I know. But um, he he stops his brother's heart. Mm-hmm. Then he gives him the experimental suspend drug. Then he pretends to, like, flog his body and, you know, to be dissected and everything. Then he pretends to dissect the body around the time that he that he knows the, the medicine will wear off. And then he could be like, hey, look, look how great this thing that I made was. Yeah.
0: Um, I did find myself wondering. So I guess if you knew that you had, like, a patient that was flatlining, you could give this to them and, and then, like, yeah, potentially sure. fix them up. But I did, I did kind of – I was like, "Is this an Elizabeth Smart situation? Is this an idea that sounds like really awesome in theory, but under the slightest scrutiny, you're like, Martin, where would people use this?" But I guess the well, OR is the answer.
1: What's what's, what's it, yeah, and what's interesting what he says um, when he talks about the kids that they pull out of icy rivers, mm-hmm. they do do therapeutic hypothermia now um, in some cases where people who have whose hearts have stopped, and we don't, I I, th- I think the understanding is still imperfect, though I'm sure. I'm sure there are academic docs who can email me and correct me, but 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 it is neuro, it, it does protect the brain function to cool people down sometimes, and they they will do it in people who have um, certain uh, kinds of witnessed uh, cardiac arrests. Interesting. And so they'll so you'll like resuscitate them, and then they'll uh, then then they'll they'll actually cool the bodies down. Other um, you know. So these, these people. people
0: are somewhat conscious for it. <laughs>
1: Uh, I think yeah. Although usually I think they're they're sedated and stuff because it's not, not a very comfortable thing. But but right. Because
0: um, <laughs> no one wants to be shoved into a freezer. <laughs> yeah.
1: Which is what. But just to say, like what he's done is what 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 he's talking about is is kind of a real thing. And I don't. And, and again, it's. Uh, you know, me- medical science will will either vindicate or will move away from doing this at some point. But uh, it does seem to it does seem to protect the um, brain function, and so these people have, have better outcomes. Which is just interesting. Um. I did like that his, uh, when he's and he's showing his brother his lab, like, the lab looks pretty good. Like, I thought the sets, this episode definitely has a lot of money. Like, it looks really good. Um, but how um, everything in the lab looks good except for his weird voodoo machine.
0: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> which has,
1: like, which, like, looks much jankier than everything around it. And I think at some point shoots steam out of the uh, hose.
0: Yeah, let's, uh, let's use this as a lovely transition to talk about the voodoo element of this.
1: I uh, yeah so I, <laughs> voodoo i mean it's it, it's fine because or, i don't know it's fine but you know the zombie is like is, is a is a is is a well-known pop right. culture it's a reverse, thing it's a
0: reverse zombie angle as opposed to making right. somebody um like a a body that just does your bidding you've made you've rendered them just a mind sure
1: right and 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 there may be appropriation that um, is 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 offensive there? But I think the, the the idea of basically being a being a like a like a Western trained doctor and being like, hey, what about what about the you know the folk magic tradition of zombies? Could we use that to help people? Is it, kind of a seems like an interesting take. Um, I, I there's there's something to be mined there, and so like I, that I, that seemed fine to me. It is weird where he where he pulls out the drawer and it's full of like. You know, kind of folk magic stuff, <laughs> Hollywood voodoo stuff is there. Eh, but when 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 the uh, when the research assistant wearing the roster wig showed up,
0: that's when you know I, it's fully not on.
1: Right. I at that point I was kind of like, well, are they? I, I whatever well, the the time, I didn't know anything. I was like, are they confused? Are we supposed? To, is this guy supposed to be? I mean, maybe not supposed to be because all you see is the 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 guy wearing it wearing the the dreadlock wig or something, I was like, is he supposed to be like Haitian? Is it going to turn out that there's like a voodoo practitioner that's kind of behind all of this? Are we going to, are we going to reanimate the bullet? What's, what's, and then, and then when he's clearly supposed to be like kind of a Rasta guy, then I'm like, is the episode confused about where voodoo is from?
0: <laughs> yeah, that was, <laughs> yes, very good point. Um, It's,
1: it's just, like, it." feels bad but what's bad also though is um the actor delivers a pretty funny charismatic performance he says funny stuff to the body and stuff
0: yeah no it's, or it's to but like carl
1: who's not the body but
0: yeah I, I have never what i'm gonna say is i know it's it is bad it is problematic and i was no i was this is this is top i felt so relieved When you see him take off that wig and you realize it's an act. But at the same time, I was then like, what did Martin's pitch to that man sound like? Yo, my brother's like kind of basically a racist. So if you could just like really amp up a Rasta character, he'll totally think it's like super voodoo, super creepy. Here's a big fake jokey joke blunt for you to smoke. Whole nine yards. going to be great. Like,
1: just, just say some messed up stuff to him. It's just between you and him because nobody else is there. So we're not even sure whose benefit this is for. Yeah. Great,
0: great question. <clears throat> right. You're just like, what kind of pitch is this? How? What on earth? Um, and I think that that makes me feel more uncomfortable than anything else.
1: Well, but also, though, OK. But from, from even like a like a like a filmmaking perspective, why? Why yeah. is it like this? I it doesn't.
0: I can only assume that the creators thought that like Carl we would buy this without question and it would lend um uh it would make us feel like it was more real than if you just saw regular people like around a research lab hanging up bodies and things like that.
1: I guess And here's that, another thing. That, that you have this no- exotic
0: element so you're like, "Ooh, I can suspend my disbelief and see that this is creepy, spooky, but that's racist." Yo, that's yeah, racist. I've ne-
1: I've never, uh, I've never, you know, I'm not, I have, I'm not a pathologist, don't run a gross anatomy lab, but I feel like there's, it, I don't think they would cut somebody's neck and hang them up on a hook um, because you're, you're hurting your, 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 your specimen. I don't yeah, think they I would was, do that. Yeah, I was about to
0: ask about the meat hooks. That was the other moment yeah. of deep relief I had. I was like, because like, I, I kind of knew it had to be a joke. Because otherwise, like, what kind of episode are we watching? It's like, and then he lived in a in – a, he his mind lived in the corpse forever. Like, that's not an episode. I don't
1: know, man. You could see a brain on the jar watching his brother do science for, for the rest for all time. Is it sort of a possible end to this? That's kind of where I thought it might go.
0: Oh, I kind of like that read. I didn't consider that. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like, and then he was he was in a corpse for three days, and they chopped him up, and he's dead. And I'm like, that's really <laughs> weird. That's a bad that's story.
1: It's like the um, – yeah, that's like... Uh, oh man, what's his name? That's like the Eli Roth version. Of yeah, this.
0: totally. It's just torture. <laughs> Great. Um.
1: <laughs> it's just torture. Come watch the Green Inferno.
0: Yeah, um, but I, so I was really relieved to find out that it was a jokey joke meat hook.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought they, they they did a pretty effective job with making it be a prank because we we see everything from Carl's point of view and we realize he can't move, and so like. The, the 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 like, you know, that rubber brain or whatever and like pulling the blood out. I thought that was pretty
0: Yeah, it, it, it looks good. It looked yeah, it very looks, good.
1: It, it looks good and it seems it's like believable within the framework of what happens. But no, the 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 Rasta thing felt bad
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, very bad. Very, very bad.
1: And I understand that like it's more it's more engaging and like you can say the funny stuff, you know, call him Johnny Doe and stuff and the but, but, but would it be if, if he was just, if it was just different and he was businesslike, or if he was like a normal guy who still wants to like joke around and smoke weed with a dead body, would that not be, that would be fine too. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I sound like, I sound, like I, sound like, like, I have hurt feelings and I'm negotiating with the script writer. Like, couldn't we also do that? I mean, it's not, that's not the stupidest idea ever. Like, maybe you want to be a little bit less maybe, racist, my huh, Maybe if we remove the racism from what's otherwise like a pretty good story,
0: maybe I could like it. Maybe it'd be easier for me to like it more. Yeah. Hmm?
1: <laughs> can I have <laughs> the scriptwriter? Can have a little racism for a treat.
0: Maybe this. <laughs> maybe the, the scriptwriter could have a pri- could tell himself a private racist joke and laugh, and no one would have to know. But maybe that could we, maybe that could be maybe that's a nice compromise for everybody.
1: We'll write it in the script and then no one will say it and we won't film it, but it'll be there. So
0: Yeah. Totally. Um, that's all yeah. I've got. Let's wrap it. All right.
1: So so I like this one, minus the weird weird racism, which probably I just use my privilege to just kind of squint my eyes and be like, maybe it was just a weird choice that the guy is Rasta. There's no reason you can't be like a Rasta uh. Uh, cadaver just, lab manager you're just
0: a rasta cadaver lab manager who's uncomfortably uncomfortable has uncomfortable proximity to voodoo stuff
1: which yeah, well, but, clearly but you're fair, not he,
0: making a mistake there
1: to be fair he has nothing he never talks about the voodoo so it just seems like he just happens to be a jamaican guy which is fine right it's you it be, it be that um uh but uh, that, that that kept me from you know absolutely loving it but I still thought it was a pretty solid episode. They do a good job with the sound distortion and the kind of horror parts of it and everything. Um, I like the academic medicine. Uh, it speaks to me. So I gave it four out of five problematic wigs.
0: Nice. Um, I enjoyed thinking and talking about this episode more than I enjoyed actually watching it.
1: Take a shot, everyone.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. I think that there's nothing wrong with this episode. It has good structure. The story has payoff. It's fun. It's enjoyable to watch. There are some moments of cringe. Absolutely. Um, the Fun next- for the
1: whole family. That's what you come to TFTC for.
0: Yeah. So I would say that it's like on the like uh, quality that I would expect scale. So I gave it an average score. I think it's just yeah. average um, of 2.5 out of 5 extra slippery meat hooks.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice.
0: All right. Even though we must depart from Descartes, see what I did there? Uh, In our next episode, we will still have someone questioning the very nature of their existence. And that person is John Lovitz. And that question (laughs) is going to be, to be or not to be. That's right. We're classing up this joint with some Willie Shakespeare in our next installment, Top Billing.
1: Top men. You know, uh, keeping with our theme of revealing that beloved childhood heroes are now... You know, gross misogynists. I think, uh, isn't John Lovitz like kind of a MAGA guy or something? Oh, no. Yeah, I think so. What? I think so. (laughs) (laughs) Your dreams, show them to me. I will step on them. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Crypt Creepers. Please check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or the Pod catching platform of your choice subscribe rate etc hit the bell that only works on youtube be sure to visit outrageousmechanisms.com slash creepers to see our show notes and find other excellent podcasts and hey share that with your parents friends enemies send it to my parents it's fine till next time kitties martin learned that all arrhythmias straighten themselves out in the end lucky for him he wasn't placed under cardiac arrest <laughs>
0: Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs>